0: Hi, lovely people. Charlie Brooks here. In case you didn't already know, Anne Summers stands for Female Empowerment and Sexual Wellness and has been placing women at the heart of their conversations for over 50 years. Responsible for putting pleasure on nearly every high street and, of course, the founders of the iconic Anne Summers parties, their loyal communities allow women to establish their own businesses and create safe spaces for all. So there was no better place for me to launch the U. Shop 24-7 online or head to your nearest store to speak to one of their expertly trained colleagues.
1: I think we're just in a place of we're preparing the stores to reopen. People are coming back from furlough. Lizzie came back yesterday.
0: Yay! So production
1: can resume.
0: So the prototype should be with us
1: soonish. Yeah, which is critical. Let's get that that part is absolutely critical. It's got to be a groundbreaking piece of kit. But I think just in terms of being able to keep the project going, we're in a good place. And then hopefully we can, we can just start to move forward with a, with a reasonable timeline to still hit January and sexual wellness month. Lovely to see you all. Thank you for recording and saving us on Zoom, Julia. Uh, news of my own. <laughs> see you later. Bye-bye. Well, I was
0: bound to face an obstacle at some point. It just so happened to be a pandemic. But the good news is Lizzie is back from furlough and we can pick up on the product development, which I have been champing at the bit to get back to. The last couple of months have been a real test in patience. But I trust that everything happens exactly how and when it should. The prototype is underway again, so I just need to hold on tight for a little longer. Up until now, I've been mainly focusing on the pleasure side of things, but this hiatus with the product really got me thinking about business and how to deal with uncertainty. I didn't think I would ever be in this position, and I definitely don't have a framework for how to bring anything to market, let alone deal with obstacles along the way. I'm very grateful to have the Ann Summers team guiding me through and holding my hand. I don't know what's coming next, and I just have to accept that. And this applies to life in general, too. But if I'm honest, I really hope that there's no more curveballs coming my way. So while I get to grips with the prototypes, I'm also going to find out more about the fickleness of business. I'm Charlie Brooks, and this is coming soon. It is 5:30 in the morning, and I was just reflecting on where I am two years ago. I would have woken up in. desperation and fear going, what am I doing? What the fuck am I doing with my life? I know there's something more, what is it? How do I make that happen? But the shift from the self-doubt, you know, it's still there, but I'm managing it. I'm really starting to feel capable. The you has come on in leaps and bounds. We are heading into the middle of July. And um, it should be with us within a week. Um, I'm currently picking four people to test the first prototype. God, I can't wait. I just, I hope it does what, you know, my mind tells me it's going to do. So yes, the next time you hear from me, I'm probably going to have the actual product in my hand. Okay, so in addition to my Ford tester friends, Anne Summers have a number of anonymous women who they talk to when they're developing new products, which is great because, well, it would be helpful to hear some more general feedback. Obviously, I will be testing the prototypes, but here's the thing. Yes, I've come up with the idea and set the wheels in motion, but this product isn't just for me. It's for anyone who's interested in layering. So this needs to work for as many women as possible. I feel most nervous about this part of the process, hearing all the feedback. I just really hope people enjoy it. Okay, the dog's going mad. <laughs> Come on <at> the door. <coughs> It might be the UPS, stop it, boo. The has arrived. Trying to contain myself as best as I can. <laughs> Unwrapping the paper now. Oh, it's quite weighty. It feels
1: quite heavy, actually.
0: it in my hands oh my god <laughs> it's here it's here
2: oh it feels
0: really soft it feels really premium actually um i am going to go and plug this in and switch it on The the product is here, guys. The U, and it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Holy shitballs. Ah! Okay, so the design has come a long way since those early bathtub and dinky versions. I will try my best here to describe it. From the front, the first prototype looks like an upside-down U, with the arms bending towards each other. The back looks more pebbly, with an arch at the bottom of your finger placement. If I'm honest, the shape is actually quite hard to describe. You'll just have to wait and see. Now, I am a little apprehensive around the product, but I've got my best mate Gemma around to show her. She was with me at the beginning to help me talk through the idea and watch me make those early, very artistic clay models. So it feels right to share this with her. Don't worry, I'm not going to send her into a private room for testing, yet. <laughs> Show it, present it to her. Ready? Let me have a look. Dun, da, dun, dun, dun. Oh,
1: my God, we've gone from a bit of plasticine to this? <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Where's the on button? OK, hold on. So, right, you hold this down for three seconds. Oh, my God, this is crazy. And then, i on a sec. Oh, wow. That way, isn't it? Oh, my God, that's <laughs> She's <amazing>. currently
3: <laughs> it <to> you. <laughs> That's crazy. This is round
0: one of prototype, so... Oh, my God, and you can even stick a finger in there as well, through oh, that bit. God. Sorry. <laughs> but I meant, like, yeah. to hold. Yeah. That's
1: incredible. I think it feels amazing. It feels really smooth, really soft. It's gorgeous. I love... Does it pulsate? Can you do it on pulsate mode? Yeah. Amazing. There you
0: go. Incredible.
1: Yay! Yay! She likes
0: it. That's crazy. And then the charger goes in and it's waterproof. Say, no, oh, in that hole there. In that hole? Yeah, you just push it through.
3: God, you wouldn't even know that was there. What's no. this bit
0: here? Well, this looks a bit ugly, that front bit. I'm hoping that that will get moved as well.
3: Is that, like, just it's how it's le- always It's The
0: legalities, yeah, that has to go there. You but know, remember, like this a... is the first prototype. Oh! I'm surprised it hasn't got, like, wires coming out of it. You That's know, incredible. this is round one. Amazing. I'm taking Gemma's reaction as a positive, and I've just received the feedback from the anonymous testers, which say, oh, do you know what? Have a listen instead.
2: I loved how smooth and silky it was but for me there was too much vibration in my hand.
0: I like the feel of this toy, but it needs to be more vibration through the clitoral section.
2: I love the whole content of this. If it was a bit smaller and slightly lighter, it would be easier to hold. The arms were really strong, but there wasn't enough strength in the vibration on my clitoris. I like that it should target vibrations. I think overall size needs to be smaller so it hits the clitoris better. I think it's really different to
0: anything I've seen before. Sat too much on my crotch rather than vulva. It could be softer. It was a bit more of a nub than a cushion. I love that it's all about surrounding the clitoris. It needs more vibration. It's very large and very firm. I think once the size is better, then it'll be a really great toy. Well, it's a little mixed. But I guess the first prototype is always going to be. There are definitely points that I agree with, so good to know it's not just me thinking these things. I'm about to jump on a Zoom with Lizzie to talk through the feedback and work out our next stages
3: the general feel was that everyone was really happy with it there was feedback that it felt nice and soft and silky yeah. and in the hand there was definitely a common theme about it being too wide yeah a lot of people said the nodule was quite hard yeah but I think that is because they can't do the, you know, the dual silicon in a prototype. So I'll speak to them about that tomorrow. They also really like the U shape within it. So the insertion possibilities. Is the width something that we can, the scale of it, make smaller? What we could do is take out width through the whole middle section. Yeah. So it all comes closer in, essentially. Yeah. I will speak to the supplier and see how much we can take out. Maybe a centimeter, um, and you on agreement that this bit needs to be raised slightly, even though we're going to go for that cushion effect. I think it needs to be raised, but it also needs to be more of a like a cushion, whereas it's quite a nodule at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's more vibration in that in that part, in that top part. We could move the motors that are here maybe further up, so more of the vibration comes here. We can put a motor in the top section. That's the one. If if there
0: is a motor behind that with the, the cushion on top, it's just about generating the vibration all around.
3: I mean, that would certainly give a really, really powerful tie. I just need to see what space we have to work with to add a third motor in yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, I can absolutely discuss that with them tomorrow. But other than that, I think we're really good. Oh, my God, people have been out and using it. It's so funny. Right. Um, We will catch up next week
0: then. Bye. The biggest issue in the design for me is the pin cushion, which essentially is the raised part sitting directly on the hood of the clitoris. We're meant to be using dual silicone in this part of the design to create an absorbent cushioning kind of effect to lessen the intensity of the motor and create that indirect layered effect. It's not quite right yet. But I'm hoping with that extra motor and some tweaks to the materials, we will get there. I know, I know, I know that this is going to be a process. So I'm feeling okay about where it's at so far. And more importantly, I am excited for where it's going. Oh, God, what a day. I'm pacing around a little bit because it's been in the press today. It's been leaked by fuck knows who, I shouldn't swear so much, by God knows who, that Anne Summers have approached me to bring out a line of vibrators, seven-inch plastic things, and it's going to be called The Butcher! <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> my fear is that this has come out and it's completely out of my control and nobody knows the story, and I'm so keen for people to know the story and not think that it's... Just me going, oh, yeah, if I'll put my name to a vibrator, that sounds fun. It's so much more than that. I am really, really, really proud of it. And I just feel like terrified that it's just sort of looking. Cheap and tacky, seven inch plastic thing called the butcher. I know I'm going to have to have a thick skin over the coming months. Um, and that should all be okay. But can somebody please tell me why it feels so scary? <laughs> Fuck it, I can laugh about it today. But I have been thinking long and hard about my decision to pursue the you and the consequences of it, the impact it may or may not have on my career, the press's reaction, and each time I think about it, I come to the same conclusion. We are here for one life, and it's about keeping it colourful, and it's about play and being curious, and if that means trying something new or being disruptive, then that's what I'm going to do. I've spent far too long being afraid to put myself out there and I want to create something that's beautiful for women which encourages them to touch, explore, learn, love, be and there's nothing shameful about it. I just need to sit comfortably in the truth of it and actually be able to tell my story. I am going to get shit, so (laughs) I just need to be okay with that. Given the press leak, given the delays, I want to speak to someone who knows about business, who has experience not just with the successes, but also the challenges. Because I could do with some reassurance that it's hard work sometimes and things don't always go your way. Hi Mandy, I'm absolutely honoured to be here with you today, so thank you so much for joining me. Thank you,
2: thank you for having me. First of all, can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do? Yes, so uh, I'm Mandy Niaco, MBE now, they're adding to my name, so I'll just throw that in there. I am a mum. I am the co-founder as well of an organization called Startup Discovery School. We basically design incubator and accelerator programs and wider innovation programs with both public and private sector companies. And it's really around helping them to tackle their environmental and social sustainability challenges within their company, but working with diverse entrepreneurs to do that. I am also an emerging fund manager and an angel investor. So I invest in climate tech solutions with a gender and racial lens. So I try to increase my portfolio with more women founders and more people of color founders.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. It's so funny because you're such a businesswoman. So I'm like, make sure you sound like you know what you're talking about, Charlie. No,
2: no, no. None of us know what we're doing. By the way, we're just trying to figure it out on the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've advised a lot of founders and entrepreneurs. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think people face in the first year of business?
2: I think different things for different founders. If you're a product business, for example, and you could probably resonate with this, but proving that the solution works, so the prototyping, the manufacturing partners, and, you know, proving your unit economics and what have you is a nightmare in your first year. Because you've got this business idea, you know it would be great if it was brought to life, but until you get that technicality piece right, it's it's, it's not going to happen. And I think for everyone, funding remains the main barrier, especially for underrepresented founders. You think about like the gender pay gap and what have you, women always earning much less than men. And so they don't have as much liquidity. You think about people of color as well. We did some studies recently in the venture capital ecosystem, and they revealed that around about 5% of capital goes to all female founded teams and 1% goes to, let's say, black founders. And if you then go into detail and more, like 0.006% goes to black women founders. So if you think about kind of what the ecosystem looks like now in terms of funding opportunities, it's very limited for underrepresented groups. So I think funding remains the barrier for everyone when it comes to their first year.
0: How common is it for things not to go to plan with the prototype rounds and release dates, manufacturing holdups, that kind of thing,
2: because I've (laughs) literally had all of those. Very common, very, very common. I wish someone would... Talk about just the craziness of being a product entrepreneur, especially now where we live in this market where most things are produced over in China. I really feel for anyone who's been trying to raise a business during COVID. You know, as a product based business, you should always build in that extra kind of six months for things to not go according to your original strategy. You know, there's this meme that goes around: "What I asked for, what I got." That tends to be what like the prototyping process looks like as well. You set out for it to look a certain way, it comes back to you. Your first sample, it's like, "What the heck is this?" So you're always gonna. have those kind of situations when you're trying to do that. And so I've had so many experiences with other startups as well who've had crazy experiences, but yeah.
0: Now you have started several of your own businesses. What are your biggest learnings from each?
2: Gosh. Um, For my first business, actually, biggest learning was know your customer. As a Black woman, we have innovated, I say, on the wig for many years now. But every time I saw a, a white or an Asian woman wearing a wig, I could tell that they were because it wasn't made out of their own hair. And so I wanted to innovate that solution or that product to try and provide something that was a lot more realistic. Working out what does my customer need at the right price point at the right aesthetic was very very difficult and I think I had validated that oh you know women would want to do that because they just want to look good but a lot of women didn't so knowing your customer early on for me and going through that customer discovery process is very important and that was my biggest learn for my first startup. For my second startup I would say money and commercialization because when you are very mission-led or purpose-driven you tend to focus on that element of things. And then you get to this difficult period where I don't have no money to continue growing it. But if you were thinking about, okay, this is what I think the problem is in society. This is what I want to try and address. How can I fund this for the next 12 to 18 months, at least, or have a better chance at making sure that this mission doesn't die. And then my last thing will probably be hold everything with a loose hand. You know, businesses are like your baby, especially when you're the founder. And I think sometimes you can have an ugly baby. And no one's going to tell you you have an ugly baby, especially if you're so passionate about it. So, (laughs) you know, I think you have to be able to hold it with a loose hand. You can't be an overprotective mum. You need to put it out there. You need people to tell you it's ugly. You need to refine it. That gives you a better chance of being successful. So that would probably be the three biggest takeaways I've learned along the way.
0: That made me feel a whole lot better. And it's a helpful reminder that things just take time. In fact, this conversation is perfect timing because the second prototype is currently delayed due to that softer silicon. But for now, I'm feeling all right about the holdups. I'm just trying to accept that it takes as long as it takes. But there are things to consider as a result of the delay. That original October release date has been and has gone. And we're now in November 2020. So I'm about to go into a meeting with the team to talk new deadlines.
3: I don't forget if I've had any apologies, which I don't think I have. How are we getting on with the second prototype, Lizzie? I am chasing them as we speak. I chased them yesterday and she was coming back to me, but she's not yet. So I just emailed her again. But we do think the arrival's fairly imminent. Yes, absolutely. Amazing. Thank you. You see, when
0: it goes into production in China, Uh is there any... Video
3: footage of that just to get a real thorough understanding of the process and get my head around how it all works. It won't be going into production until, I'm looking at my thing, kind of late January timing. So we are definitely looking at the end of March. Yeah, there's a couple of different stages. So once we've approved a Mm pre-production sample um, and we produce the um, factory mould, that could be filmed and I could kind of talk you through it. Yeah, it'd be great. So it's definitely gonna go on sale then end of March. No earlier. It won't be it won't be any earlier based on the current timelines that we have. Okay.
0: So we got a little sidetracked here talking about solo sex in the media. Solo sex is my preferred way of saying it.
3: The amount of people we're seeing uh just openly saying, Yeah, I am masturbating, I think. Wow, even for me in the three years I've been at Ann Summers, what a change. And it's, it's actually a- on the um, homepage of the BBC News
0: just now at lunchtime. You know, on the left-hand side, under have the different bits under Newsbeat It says
3: masturbating is normal within a relationship, and it's actually on the front cover of the BBC News. Oh, really? Yeah. Good That's, for yeah. the BBC normally exactly male. But... Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting with the BBC because actually, before all of obviously COVID took over, you know, they had um, a whole week talking about menopause. They were talking about women's issues, right. and that was a massive turning point. Now we're coming back to normality. It shows that that is still their agenda to talk about these things as well. Which is really positive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Unlike the Daily Mail, The Butcher.
3: Oh my God. You've got to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes to show that when it does come,
1: it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge.
0: Ah, uh, another delay, but that's okay. All good. I feel like we've got a good structure in place. And in spite of things not quite going to plan, everyone's being very reassuring. So I'm just not going to worry about it, actually. Next, I've got to catch up with Natalie for another update.
1: We're at that tipping point, aren't we, where we're we're starting to be in a really good place. I think the patient's in a good place, the design's in a good place. Once we've got a, a signed-off choice, we've got a date then, we can start to be really definitive about... You know, the, the time for the first three months of 2021. Yeah. Feels
0: like we're on track, which yeah. is great. So I'm in Australia. I leave Australia on the 28th.
1: And I'm assuming you'll be flat out while you're there. So actually getting as much done this year.
0: Yeah. Well, I will have the two weeks in the hotel room at the airport where I can't leave. But there will be the challenge of time differences. That's fine. I mean, I can always make that work. Yeah. Great.
1: Fabulous. I'm
0: so chomping at the bit now.
1: I bet you are. I bet you are. I, I feel like it's all... Everything's happened to a reason. I really do. Yeah. We've had much more time than we would have done normally. And I know that wasn't the ideal plan when you first walked in just, say, for a year ago into our offices. But actually, I feel like we're all in a really good place. We're really clear about what we want to achieve, yeah. the narrative that we want to own... And I think the most important thing is, is that the product's good. Yeah. Um, I suppose from speaking to Lizzie, that she, she's really excited. And the fact that we can move into a world of, of patenting, Yeah. That's, that's exciting, really exciting.
0: It's really exciting. Is
1: that something that
0: is usually done or not?
1: We, we've never done that before. We've never done it really? before. Really? Well, we've got to with it. I think it's just worth protecting because quite simply people will go out and copy you, which is obviously a big form of flattery, but wouldn't it be great
0: if we actually owned? Yeah, no, that would be, that's the dream, isn't it? That would be amazing. Okay, that went well. In fact, Natalie made a good point about the delays actually working in our favour, and a March 21 launch date feels good. It's just a waiting game for the second prototype. Okay, I've just received a parcel. I've been waiting on the final prototype. In order to get the third motor in, then we needed for the pleasure product to remain the same size. So it's coming in a different material. So either we have the extra motor, which will make three motors. It's slightly bigger, which I thought was too big on the last one. However, it's more malleable. Or we have it smaller without the extra motor, so it fits more like a glove around the vulver. But is the intensity of the vibration going to be enough? I don't know. Tony is actually with me at the moment on his Peloton bike. I'm just going to rip this open. Because I can't... Oh, it is, it is. Tony, Tony, he can't hear me because he's got headphones on. Oh, my God.
3: Is that it, babe?
0: Yeah. Charge it up, then.
3: Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know all that
1: heavy breathing's me working out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here come the three different vibrators. Vibrator number one is silicone 200. That's quite weighty. Wow. But it looks fun. Oh, that's much softer. Silicone 100. So those two so far look a little smaller and then we have the same size as the last one but with the third motor. So here they are. One of these little beauties sat in front of me is going to be <laughs> the key to women worldwide unlocking their potential. I'm saying that the sweaty man oh. on his bike. Stop it. Yeah. It's very exciting. Well, I was feeling... A bit optimistic in my last diary entry, wasn't I? I'm feeling a little bit less resilient right now. For me, the second prototype still isn't right. So it seems like another delay is on the cards. I'm about to go into a meeting with Lizzie to hear the other feedback and try and figure out what happens next.
3: So, yes, I completely agree with what you're saying it it does need to be narrow it's not hitting the right points the feedback I got was that there was definite positivity about having the that third motor in there what I'm doing at the moment is pulling one apart with my trusty Stanley knife to see what flexibility we have it's not one solid piece you've got the top bit there and then you've got the arms that are connected by wires. But actually, we can reposition that inwards. Yeah.
0: But as exactly. long as it's stimulating down the sides as well, then you just knead around it. And that's the all-encompassing, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Right, right. I've completely got the skin off now. Well done. It looks a bit like, a, you know, that film Wally. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't see why they can't bring these in. Yeah. They'll have to remake the prototype mold. Yeah. um, And then make that into more of a mound. Like, so it's just more raised. If we get some plasticine or. Yeah. Blue tack out and and just position how that should be. Oh, God. What does this mean for timings? I can't tell you at the moment, but I mean, for launching when we were wanting to, we needed to obviously approve this as it was, but we can't. So, it's going to be probably May. Mm. So, let me speak to the suppliers and see what they think it means in terms of the critical path. So it's frustrating. It,
0: it is so frustrating. It, like you say, it absolutely has to be right. It does. Well, we want this to knock people's socks off, don't we? Yeah, definitely.
3: Okay, well, I'll give them all that feedback. I'll let you know as soon as I get anything back from them and I will speak
0: to you later. Cheers, bye. Bye. So we signed up to two prototype rounds. So this latest development leaves me wondering what's going to happen next? Bit of a blow, but I would much rather a product that works like I want it to work. So I'm just hoping that they're willing to explore another round. I need to keep reminding myself that we are doing something innovative, so I can't expect it to be faultless from the off. Back to some business chat and solid advice about uncertainty. How do you deal with uncertainty when it comes to business? By faith, I'm a Christian.
2: Um, And so I lean on a lot of biblical scriptures that give me confidence It's almost like a meditation I have to do to kind of gas myself up before I go and do anything big. The minute I want to do something big or an opportunity is presented to me, you then have my inner critic that then tells me all the reasons why I can't do it. So I think my stance is I have to trust in the Lord that I am where I'm supposed to be. And I'm always going to have a plan and my plan's always going to take detours, but I'm where I'm supposed to be. Whenever I root myself in that, when things are not seeming quite right, I find peace in it because I know that I will reach where I need to be. So that's kind of how I've been dealing with uncertainty. And I think, you know, having kids helps you a little bit with that as well, because I I, I like to tell people I'm quite controlling. But once you have a child, they basically take control. Mm -hmm. So I think once you've found that kind of peace and settling, that's kind of how I deal with it. And then I think having great mentors as well, having people who have walked this journey and having them as a sounding board, you need a tribe. And how can challenge or failure help you grow as a business person? I now approach failure from a a different perspective. I think when we were growing up from a cultural perspective, it was very drummed into us that you can't fail. Whereas now, entrepreneurship has given me almost like the mandate that I should be failing. I should be failing fast and failing forward. And that's a learning curve. Every time I Mm. fail and I overcome a challenge, I've learned another way of how not to do something or how to do it. So that's how I approach failure now. And I don't even give it that title anymore. It's just, I've learned something new. Yeah. What are the key skills do
0: you think to being an entrepreneur? If you were to just pick a few,
2: what would they be for you? Gosh, I would say... Perseverance, having a a, a long term mindset as opposed to um, a short term mindset, I think it's very important and very key. That for me is, I think, really important as an entrepreneur because things are not going to happen overnight. And so, if you don't have a long term mindset, you're you're not going to stand, you're not going to withstand this process. I think also knowing how to build teams, knowing how to get the right people and knowing how to collaborate. So stakeholder management, I guess, is what I'm saying. Being a great stakeholder manager is so essential to being an entrepreneur because if you're trying to raise funding, you need to know how to navigate investors. If you're trying to collaborate with the best manufacturers, you need to know how to manage that as well. And then the last thing I'd say, especially for the women, is confidence. It's a bit of a weird one to say that as well, though, isn't it? Because how can you just say be confident, it's a process. But start that process, whatever that looks like, whatever you need to do to try and help you to stay and remain in a space where you are confident is essential.
0: So for anyone looking to take the plunge and set up a business, what would
2: your advice be for them? For the person who is the perfectionist, I'd say just start. Just start. Otherwise you won't do anything, right? (laughs) And then for the person who lacks focus, I'd say think about having a plan, have have a strategy. And then for everyone, I would say, always think about the commercialization, always think about the money. How are you going to fund this? And then lastly, just believe in yourself. There will be times where no one will understand what you're trying to do or why you're doing it, and you need to believe in yourself. That feels like a perfect place to finish our chat.
0: And I couldn't have hoped for a better person to talk to today. Thank you so, (laughs) so much. Thank you. Now, I've actually had a meeting with Jacqueline to talk through the delays. And unfortunately, this was either never recorded or disappeared somewhere into the ether. Much to the dismay of Holly, my gorgeous producer, slightly pulling her hair out. But let me just recap for you. It was really affirming. And essentially, Jacqueline and her team are really supportive of the product and are happy to spend the time and money getting the third prototype right which is a huge, big, massive relief. I am just so, so grateful to them for having faith in the you. So now I'm just about to go on a call with Lizzie about the patent, which I am, as always, very excited about. Good to have a breather from the prototype chat, if I'm honest.
3: So, patent, so I wanted to give you an update of where we've gotten to. In terms of the actual patent, um, the guys have looked over the details and everything. um, what we believe is unique about the product and they think that it is you know a good case to be able to apply for a patent which is great applying um, for a patent is a very very lengthy process the filing of the application takes around five to six weeks and then from the filing of the application to the actual granting of the patent can take between three and five years So this is a long-term process. Once you've filed the application, it then goes to patent pending. So we can talk about it as patent pending. So what happens if somebody else brings out a product similar in that time? We would be able to um, file that that goes against the patent that we have. It will all come down to how they register the patent, if it's about use, if it's about the positioning of the motors. Um, But obviously, we'll try and cover all of those things off. From my understanding, um, we would be able to challenge anything that is brought out in that period. Okay, fine. And Summers, we've never gone after a patent before. What we've normally done is trademarked things, which is also brand protection rather than product technology and innovation protection. And a big reason for that is actually there aren't that many unique products and unique technologies and um, routes in the market certainly in the last 10 years that I've been in the industry there's only been one or two other things that I've seen that have been truly unique that is why mm-hmm. there's so much you know credibility and credence in, in what you've brought to us because we do see it as being patent worthy and we Woo-hoo! want to protect, yeah and we want to protect that I agree great all right darling thank you so much right. brilliant mm-hmm. cheers
0: Well, that was quite information heavy. (laughs) But the good thing is that the patent is in hand and sounding positive. I'm relieved to hear that even with the design changes, the prototype application will still stand. It's a long game, but it will be worth it. So I'm in a hotel room in Sydney. I've flown out here for the second time to complete a drama I started filming last year. I'm in quarantine, day seven. Yesterday was tough. Being alone with your thoughts like this can be, oh, really damaging. Um, I'm sort of catastrophizing quite a lot. At the moment, I'm having feelings of shame, and I didn't know whether to share that or not, but what if people just laugh at me and think it's classless and horrible and what am I doing, I'm an actress, and how dare I sort of step into that world, ha, ha, ha? actually feel better just by saying that out loud I've just been thinking it for seven days sort of slightly climbing the walls going I'm okay I'm okay it's all gonna be fine I know that I believe in it and I know that when I listen to my heart and don't let my head get in the way then I feel sort of more peaceful around it um anyway save by the bell before I go on and bore you anymore in this diary entry bye I'm back from Australia and feeling a lot more grounded than my last diary entry. Two weeks in quarantine was uh, quite tough going. But it's good to be back and I can't wait to focus on the you again. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I've received prototype number three. Um, They're currently just plugged in and charging. They feel smaller and better shape, for sure. Oh, God, I'm just really nervous. I, like, almost don't want to touch them or switch them on because I'm like, oh, God, what if it's not right? What if it's not right? Yeah, I'm just keen to get them out to the testers and to get feedback on what they think about the shape and the size and everything, so... It looks much better this time around, though. I'm really happy with the way it looks and feels, I think. But, yeah, I think maybe the simplicity of this model and the vibration that goes down the side is what is obviously going to be key. Yeah, I just have, like, a weird nervousness around it and, like, a procrastination around, um... ..touching it. (laughs) It's just scary. It's scary. I so want it to be right. (gasps) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see. I just, I really can't believe it. Who would have thought three years in the making from an idea to that clay model to now what I hold in my hand, a self-love stimulator that actually works. It's almost too good to be true. I, I actually can't believe that we're here. I'm I'm so happy and a little bit relieved. The cushion, the colour, the shape all look great. I've tried it. My friends have tried it. The testers have tried it. I can't quite believe it's all coming together. So we're now looking at a November launch. There's still a lot to do. So for now, I'm going to have a little catch up with Natalie and Leanne. So thank you so much for your time today, ladies. As we know, we're just having a little catch up because uh, I think we have a delay. Yes. In, <laughs> in um, when the U brand is gonna launch. So can you just talk me through that?
1: I mean, essentially, I think where where we've got to is everything's been delayed, not just you know the wonderful U brand, everything's been delayed. And yeah. when we look at where we think um, the U brand is going to arrive, It's skating very close to Black Friday gives us the fear because ultimately, if we launch just before black friday you're launching a brand new amazing product and brand and the expectation for the consumer is they're not going to pay full price for it so what we would rather do and it almost is a, is as though we've gone 360 the pandemic's forced us to go 360 is actually do what we originally planned um and launch new year new you and go with january which is sexual wellness month it's a clean start you know the brand is still strong we know that um it just gives us new opportunity and i guess really I'm hoping that gets your blessing.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. I think for me it feels right. I think the new year, new you, self-love. People are in a, a good headspace about starting their new year as they mean to go on. It feels
1: cleaner, and and I'm I'm happy with it. But another upside is also it gives Leanne time to kind of prepare to go to partners. It just allows us more more space um, to give it the time that it deserves yeah absolutely. I think that's the thing there's so many other things and so much information that is bombarding people in the run up to Christmas that if you get anywhere near that Black Friday everyone's just Christmas Christmas parties Christmas, you know
0: yeah I appreciate that so much thank you so much really nice to hear you and I'm, I think January launch is a go Coming Soon was brought to you by Audi and features me Charlie Brooks with contributions from Mandy Niarko Produced and edited by the brilliant Holly Aquilina, with sound design by Ivor Manley, the executive producer is Ellie DiMartino. Hey, it's Charlie again. I am beyond delighted to tell you about the You a vibrator I designed with Sexual Wellness Powerhouse and Summers. It's the very first of its kind, as this vibrator uses patent-pending layering technology to build waves of pleasure. Unlike anything you own, the U targets the clitoris externally and internally. Because you only get 20% of the clitoris on the outside, don't you know? It will help you to get out of your head And into your body to find that deep and sensual pleasure like never before. It's available now on annesomers.com or in store. I can't wait to hear what you think.